In this episode, we focus on leadership for warriors. Join us for this empowering conversation where we uncover key principles and tactics that will inspire you to step up and start leading from the front. Our guest today is a man that has made it a mission to study and cultivate leadership. Ryan Hawk is a creator and the host of the Learning Leader Show, a top-rated iTunes business podcast that focuses on learning from the smartest, most creative leaders in the world. Forbes has called the Learning Leader Show the most dynamic leadership podcast out there. And Inc. Magazine has listed the Learning Leader Show as one of the top five podcasts to help you lead smarter. Stay tuned and immediately implement what you have learned in this show to your life. Stand by. Welcome to the Man of War podcast, where we forge men into warriors and get them battle ready for the game of life. Learn warrior hacks that strengthen your mindset, self-confidence, courage, and personal protection skills. Unlock a life that embodies a warrior spirit for dynamic success in life and in business. If you're joining us for the first time, you're tuning in to the one and only podcast that empowers you to achieve greatness by living the warrior lifestyle. Each show, we interview elite men from around the globe and delve deep into their mindset and daily rituals, uncovering their secrets to success. I'm Rafa Conde, founder and creator of the Man of War Movement. Join me on this life-altering journey where we recharge your mind, body, and spirit. Rise of night, my brothers. Welcome back to the Man of War podcast. I am so excited to have you here. My name is Rafa Conde. I am your host. Today's guest is Ryan Hawk. He has made it a mission to study the greatest leaders in the world their tactics, their techniques, their mindset, their philosophy. Bottom line is that the information that you're going to be getting in this show is going to be relevant to today's world. It's going to be relevant to the warrior archetype. Make sure you take some notes and implement these tactics and techniques and the mindset that we're giving you to your daily life right now, today. Just a quick order of business here. If you're not a member yet of the Online Warrior Development Program, you are missing out big time. You need to step up and join warrior-minded men just like yourself that are transforming their lives right now as we speak. So what I'm offering you guys, my podcast network, is a $1.99 for the silver membership. You heard that right. $1.99 for the silver membership for the first month. I'm giving that to you so you could experience what the Warrior Development Program is all about. Every month, you're going to be getting two virtual training lessons. You're going to be getting a manual with each specific training training lesson. You're going to get a podcast specifically for the Warrior Development Program. You're going to get a Q&A session webinar. And more importantly, you're going to be able to join a network of over 700 warrior-minded men in a close group where you're going to be able to support each other. You're going to be able to build camaraderie and you're going to be able to step up together as a team. We all need support. We all need good warrior-minded men around us. So stop by forgingawarrior.com. That's forgingawarrior.com. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into the show. Ryan, welcome aboard. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Rafa. I'm excited to be here, man. Awesome. Really appreciate your time. And we had a little conversation here before uh, we started recording and uh, 
definitely you're the man to go to here for leadership. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. Well, first, um, uh, I give you, uh, I want to acknowledge the fact that, um, I, I love your mission and, and, uh, proud and excited to be here. So a little bit about me. Um, I uh, started a podcast called The Learning Leader Show about three years ago, uh, 230 plus uh, conversations now with some of the most thoughtful leaders uh, in the world. Uh, and my mission and goal in that was to understand some of the common themes of sustained excellence amongst the the brightest leadership minds in the world. And it's been an incredible um, learning experience for me over the past three years uh, I, I love it just about more than, than anything outside of my family, a little bit more than anything else that I do uh, is having these conversations with incredibly wise people who are givers, who are willing to share and to help to benefit others. And it's something that I, I plan to, to do uh, forever, uh, as long as at least I'm, I'm able. And uh, I really enjoy it. Ryan, what was your driving force behind doing this, doing this podcast? I mean, what drove you? to say, you know what, I want to go out there and interview and talk and learn from these leaders. I had a, uh, I mentioned to you a little bit earlier, but I had a, this, this incredible dinner set up with a guy named Todd Wagner. Todd is Mark Cuban's business partner. And Todd uh, told us the stories uh, or the story of how him and Mark built broadcast.com and uh, the ups and downs along the way until eventually he's sitting across the table from the leaders at Yahoo, and this is when Yahoo was like Google is today, and they negotiated a deal to sell it for $5.7 billion, making him and Mark billionaires, and um, him and uh, Todd and Mark still work together to this day, but the story was incredible, it resonated with me, and I loved it, and the only regret I had from that dinner was that I didn't have it recorded, and so I also have a history of uh, a professional uh, seller um, in the profession of selling and interviewing and hiring sales professionals over the last 10 years, and so I, I wanted to combine uh, stories like the one I was told from Todd with some of the interviewing skill I'd picked up over the last 10 years, and then mold that uh, in the medium of a podcast because I love listening to podcasts because you can learn so much and it's a secondary activity. You can mow the grass, drive your car, work out, wash the dishes, whatever it may be, and you can listen to a podcast and learn at the same time. So I thought, what if I use some of the skill I'd built up from interviewing, uh, my inquisitive nature, uh, reaching out to some of the brightest leadership minds in the world, and and potentially it could help a lot of people who um, who listened, and and so that's really the driving force behind why I chose to start start it and why I continue to do it. So lead leadership has been, I, I imagine, a, a a driving force in your life, and you know, look at it from a perspective of our podcast is focused on forging men into warriors, and in warriorship a key element, a key component is absolutely leadership. So from your mind, from, from your, you know, from your heart here, talk to me about what leadership is to you specifically in today's world. Big question that we could probably take an hour answering. So what leadership means to me first leadership is a choice. We all choose to lead or not, and it's okay if you choose not to lead. Leadership's a hard job. There's a there's a lot of responsibility that comes with choosing, consciously choosing to lead 
and serve others. And I'd say that's a second part of leadership is it's, it's, it's uh, service and being a servant leader. Coach Jim, Jim Tressel talked to me a lot about that and has taught me a lot about being a servant leader. Um, your, your job when you decide to lead is to take care and lift other people up. And that's really what, what being a leader is all about is putting them first, understanding how you can help serve the people that you lead. And so there, there's a lot that goes into it, but that's what I first think of when it comes to choosing to be a leader. That's awesome. When you talk about serving, when you talk about giving part of who you are and your knowledge, you talk about your podcast and the fact that people can listen to it wherever they go. Yeah, I'm 100% with that. Podcasting is a great vehicle to disseminate great information and to get people involved and learning. So Ryan, when you first started your podcast, did you just get anybody on your podcast or were you since day one focused on getting top level leaders to come on your show? I mean, was it, was that your mindset? No, I really wanted to focus on leading. I've been in leadership roles since I really, since uh, in second grade, my, my football coach uh, told me he wanted me to be the, the, the quarterback of our team. And uh, I also was the point guard of the basketball team and was a pitcher and played shortstop when I played baseball. And so every sporting uh, endeavor that I uh, did, I was in some sort of a leadership role. And then I progressed and played in high school and was able to earn a college scholarship as a quarterback and then play a little bit after college as well. And so I took some of the leadership skill that I developed from athletics and from some of the great coaches and mentors in my life and then progressed into the business world. And as, a, as someone who, who grew up in the profession of selling at a, a Fortune 500 company, uh, went from individual contributor to then managing and leading other people uh, at a young age. And so I, I was trying to find ways to speed up my learning when it comes to leading, managing, coaching, the really important parts of, of my job. And uh, I didn't want to just depend on uh, uh, the HR people in our company or whatever. Maybe I wanted to actively seek out. So I, I went and earned an, M an MBA and then I went and decided to start a podcast in addition to, to the MBA so that I could try to speed up my learning, uh, maybe get a wider range of people who could help me, people from all over the world, different cultures, different age ranges, different experiences. How could I learn directly from them? And then the, 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 the best part about it in my mind was not only was I able to learn, but now everybody who listens can learn along with me. And they just hear my my questioning is based on my is scratching my own itch is my own curiosity to try to get those questions answered. And it seems obviously by the by the people who listen that uh, th they like that. And, and, and that that makes me very proud and happy that it can have an impact on, on more than just myself. Sure. Sure. So talk to me about a leadership time where all of a sudden you're you were at a point in your life where it just hits you and you were boom it just something just motivated you and said wow leadership to me this is this is so important in everything that i do let's maybe take you back to the time that your coach said hey you know what i'm going to put you as a as a leader i'm going to put you as our quarterback of our team how did you feel about that and did that actually give you that that 
mental strength and that mental clarity to be able to say, you know what, leadership is what I'm made of. This is who I am. Yeah, I probably started learning what it meant to be a leader going from my freshman to sophomore season. My freshman year, I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to play on our varsity team and we play in Ohio in Division One, the, the, the big school division. So we're playing against some, some incredible uh, athletes. And I was fortunate to, to, to earn that starting position. And then as I go from my freshman to sophomore year, my coaches pulled me aside and said, you can't, you can't just show up and play anymore. It's time for you to lead. It's time for you to speak up a little bit. It's time for you to lead both by your actions and your voice as opposed to I was a, a kind of a keep your mouth shut type of a guy as a freshman. I didn't feel like I should be heard. I should be seen. And so it was time to add to that. And that responsibility of it, you, you have to lead at all times. It's not just when you come to practice or in the weight room or in the games. you got to lead 24-7. I think I, that that responsibility, I, I started to learn what that meant probably at that time at 14, 15 years old uh, that other people are going to look up to you and they're going to look to you and, and listen to what you say to every word that you say and they're going to watch all of your actions. So it's very important that you're intentional about that, that you think about that, that you become a thoughtful person, that you understand that people have different ways to be motivated. There was certain guys on my team that you could yell at and really get on them and they needed me to do that. And then there are other guys that I needed to pull them aside and put my arm around them and and have a quiet talk with them. And I had to uh, build some emotional intelligence to understand how to lead all of my teammates. And so I think I took what I learned from the football field and the different personalities and the diversity of our team progressed to college and then after college and then into the business world. And that's, that was, that's been the foundation for, for my leadership. And, and then, so the, the, the podcast and these 230, 40 plus conversations have, have obviously added to that in a great way to get a different perspective outside of just athletics. Hey guys, just a quick reminder to pick up your free manual, Eight Steps to Living a Warrior Lifestyle at forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. That's forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. Don't miss out on it. Now back to the show. I want to know a little bit about the toughest time in your life. That time where you needed to adapt, overcome, and really dig down deep and find that leader within you. Um, that's tough. I, um, you know what? I, I originally at a college. This is this is going to sound like this is not in the grand scheme of life and tough tough moments. What I'm about to share is not is nothing compared to what a lot of people have to go through. But it, but it is a moment that I think that's a story that maybe is memorable and people could learn from. So I, out of college, out of high school, I went to Miami university here, play quarterback and I'm in the exact. So for the people who, who watch football, this is a more useful story, but I was in the exact same class as Ben Roethlisberger and Ben, Ben, um, uh, is now the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's won two Super Bowls, been the MVP, and he—he's—he's—he he's, he happened to be the greatest athlete in the history of Miami University. And we were the same age; we played the same position. And so it was—it was a tough moment for me because I'm competing against the guy for the starting job at quarterback. Only one guy can play at a time, and so we're competing on a daily basis. And this competition went on for two full years, every single day, practice, school, weight room games all of that and and ultimately ben uh, went on to be the better quarterback and beat me out of of that job and so i had to figure out what what's the next best step for me do i just accept being a backup quarterback 
Do I potentially move positions, which I, I definitely did not want to do? Or do I have to have to up and leave all of my best friends um, and transfer so that I get an opportunity to, to start at quarterback somewhere else since Ben had established himself as one of the best players in the in the world at the time? And so uh, I elected to transfer, and, and, and fortunately it, it worked out where I was able to then start and be elected captain at Ohio University for a couple of years. So um, that was a tough moment, though, because I, I, I loved Miami. I loved my friends. I loved my teammates. I loved my coaches. I loved everything about the experience. I moved there the day after I graduated high school. I did not have a summer. Um, uh, I, I prepared for that season, and I still lost the job. And so it, it taught me a, a good lesson in my formative years that sometimes you can do just about everything within your power, and it still won't be enough. And I'm glad I learned that. It was hard at the time, but – um, sometimes those those moments of adversity can really help you develop some grit, some resilience, and build your character as you're developing as a person and as a leader. And for me, um, it's not how I drew it up. That's not what I wanted to happen. But but I would not change anything uh, based on the end results, or at least where we are to this point. So that was a, a life changer for you, as far as being able to adapt, overcome, and really start using, and, and I guess strengthening your leadership skills. Yeah, I want to point out, though, when I hear somebody like Jay Redmond, who I know you've had on and I've had on, <laughs> this is, you know, getting beat out for the starting quarterback job does not even compare to a guy who's 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 taken it to the enemy and been shot in the face and, and wounded. So I, I fully realize that, but uh, I, I, you know, I don't have a military background. I have an athletic and business background, but, uh, yeah, that, that's the story that, that I have. It doesn't compare to somebody like Jay though. Well, I mean, this is a, this is why we're having you on here. I mean, I wanted yeah. to kind of shift hats a little bit and yeah. focus, you know, on the business world on, you know, not everything that I'm going to bring to the table in this show is going to be, you know, military or law enforcement oriented. I mean, like I said earlier, before we even started recording was warrior minded men are an all fields of life, whether it be sports, whether it be the military, law enforcement, the business world. And uh, you have a great reputation. I've loved what you, you know, your podcast is awesome. I listen to it all the time. And uh, I'm just happy that you're here, man. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's Thank the coolest you. part. So, all right. Thank so you. let me talk a little bit about your mentor. All right. Your mentor. I want to know how, you know, if we can get a little bit deep here. I mean, what really who was that person that kind of built you up? My mentors are my parents, first and foremost. Um, they've, they've are people I talk to, uh, or communicate with in some way, shape or form almost every day. Very, I realize I just hit the, hit the lottery there. I mean, it's just pure luck. Um, and so I'm, I'm very fortunate in that regard. In addition to them, I've had some great coaches that have helped me in athletics and, and then from afar, I have many mentors. Uh, people who write books are my mentors as well. They don't necessarily know it, uh, although a lot of them do now because we've been able to talk and record conversations. But I, I look to them, and and that's I, I go deep in, into some books that have really helped me. Um, so I, I would say from a mentor perspective, it starts with my parents. The next greatest ones were, were a couple of my coaches growing up, and then it, it, it's on to the people who give some of these TED Talks or write incredible books that I'm able to learn from afar, and they can mentor me with without necessarily even knowing it. So I want to know, you talked about books here. Mm -hmm. That was going to be one of my questions, so you might as well just jump right into it here. What books motivated you and kept you turning page after page saying this is what leadership is about 
This is what I am about. Give me two, two of your favorite books that really, really did it for you and that you can say, hey, these changed my life. Um, let's see. That's so hard for me because of uh, <laughs> I, I, I have so many. I guess I'll start with um, Give and Take from Adam Grant, though. Um, I'm not sure if you, you've read that one yes, or not, excellent but, book. but yeah, I think as I was growing up, I, or maybe as I was started in my profession of selling and, and maybe from my athletic background, I felt like in order for, for me to win and somebody else had to lose. And that's, that is not really the way the world works. Um, and Adam talks a lot about that and the fact that Givers uh, can and do statistically win in the long term, not necessarily always in the short term. And by being a giver, it's just people who actively try to help and serve other people. And I think that's what the best leaders do. So give and take. I read that many years ago, and I've had Adam Grant, the author, on my podcast, and, and I loved it. But I would say that's that's one of the foundational books that that changed my mind about winning and losing, um, and that it should be more about winning and winning, really. Um, so I'd say that's one, um, I just finished a, a, a book recently. So it's top of mind called legacy by James Kerr. He followed James followed the, the all blacks, uh, New Zealand rugby team and legacy is, is, was referred to me by a guest, uh, Steve Wojciechowski, the head basketball coach at Marquette. And I, I just love the thought process. Uh, one, one story is just about their players, uh, not feeling like anyone's above someone else. So, for example, they will uh, their star player after the game will sweep the stalls, things like that. They're not above anybody else, and so they have these these they're 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 guys full of integrity, uh, core values, and they live them every single day. So, I'd say Legacy is a great leadership book, and I'll name one other one just because I'm from here in Dayton, Ohio. But David McCullough wrote a book called The Wright Brothers. And David McCullough is an incredible historian and, and biographer, and, and the Wright Brothers by him is one of by far the best books I've ever read. And, and, and the Wright Brothers, for those of you who don't know, are from Dayton, Ohio, here where I live. And so it was, uh, I, I felt immense pride reading that book and, and all they did and how much they loved being from Dayton, how much pride they had in it. But the book is just so detail-oriented about two guys, these brothers, who against many odds – severely underfunded against so many others throughout the world, uh, specifically the people in France, that they were able to build their flying machine, as they called it, for about $1,000 when others were funded for hundreds and hundreds times that. And it's an inspiring story. And even if you're not from Dayton, you'll love it. But I highly recommend, I would say, Give and Take by Adam Grant, Legacy by James Kerr, and The Wright Brothers by David McCullough. Those are three. I, I could name 50 others, but those are the ones that first popped, popped to mind. Yeah. Reading, to me, reading is so important when we talk about achieving a mindset and achieving that that internal leadership that we need to, to, you know, one thing that we teach here is, you know, we got to do things every day that are structured, that build you stronger. And even if you're out in the business world and mm -hmm. uh, you step into uh, a brand new world, say I got a, a new job today. And one thing, one thing that I love that you said was, you know, it's about giving to others, it's about serving. Um, mm -hmm. Even we talk about stepping into new roles just because you step in this, I'm going to ask you a question in a second here and see what your input is. Even when you step into a new role, you can still be a leader. You can still have that leadership mindset. So 
I want to know your advice to someone that is maybe stepping up in the business world and going into a new job or a new um, area where they're going to be managing. Mm-hmm. What would you, you know, what's your advice about, hey, you know what, I know I'm the third guy on the row, but I want to be able to still maintain that leadership mindset. What would you tell mm-hmm. that guy? Well, uh, I've, I've done this, had this happen, and I think my podcast has helped me um, uh, approach these new roles. First, I would, I would go in with a, um, uh, an open mind when it comes to listening uh, and asking questions. So be a thoughtful listener who doesn't just ask a question and then, and then wait to talk, but they ask a question and then they just, you just actively listen, take notes, try to get an understanding for the environment that you're now in. And then, and then at, at some point, once some of your discovery is, is, is getting closer to being complete, you, you think and actively go into the process of figuring out how you can create value. Think about some of the best people anybody listening here has has ever worked with. The, the people that you that you really enjoy. Those people actively are trying to find ways to add some sort of value that maybe somebody else has never done before. But it's hard to do that if you haven't taken the time to be an active listener. And so I, I would say that's first and foremost is to listen, with it for the sake of being a learner. And then once you gathered some of that information, it's about thinking of active ways to add value um, at, at every single moment. So it's a serve and to help somebody else's life be a little bit easier. Um, that's a great way to, to establish yourself as a leader in whatever role that you have, even if, even if it's not a leadership role, but you can, you can lead through your actions, through your listening, and through how you help other people. Very good, very good. Now let's take it a step up. You stepped up today. It is your first day as a leader. And mm-hmm. I got my team around me, and I'm that man. Talk to me a little bit about that, about especially about the, the, the caring part, the knowing that I am here to serve my team rather than they're here to serve me. Yeah, I, I mean, we've all heard the saying that, that they don't really care how much you know until they know how much you care. And um, one of the things I like to do is, is have one-on-one meetings with each of those individuals as well as I have a, a written a document that I've uh, put together over the years. It's, it's actually on my website and the blog portion, but what I just call it a get to know you document. And what it is, it's a, it's a, a, a series of questions that um, are, are more personal about the, getting to know them as people, not necessarily trying to extract anything from them other than getting to know them better because I, I want to know the family makeup. I want to know your spouse and kids and, and why you decide to work, why you're spending eight to 10 hours a day away from the people that you love. Like, why are you here? And I want to know what you're working for. And I want to know what you care about and what are some of your passions and what are some things you do outside of work? If I, if I can understand that and what, what you're made of, that can help me be a better servant leader, a better coach to you. And it also lets you know that I truly do care. Um, and, and I mean it. I mean, it's for real. It's, it's all um, for the betterment of, of us having a closer, tighter relationship so that we can, we can help one another. And I think 
uh, I've I found that initially when someone sees some sort of worksheet to fill out the answers, initially they kind of groan and roll their eyes. But then they do the exercise and they say, wow, I've never sat down to answer questions like that where I've written down what I thought. And I, and I really enjoyed it. It took me a little bit of time, but I enjoyed it and it made me think. And so it, it, it really serves a couple of purposes. One, it helps me get to know them a lot better. And then I have a follow-up one-on-one where we can discuss some of the things. Um, and it makes them think a little bit. And, and I think uh, we don't do enough of that, especially in the world of selling. It, it's a lot of, you know, what's your forecast? How much are you going to sell? Are you going to hit your goal? Blah, blah, blah. All of that stuff as opposed to us talking about our career and how we can improve and what are some of the things that we care about. And, and so that's why I like to start with that type of an exercise to show that I truly do care about helping them get to where they want to go. Excellent. I'm going to switch hats here for a minute. I want to talk about trust. Now, trust, as you know, is very difficult to earn, very difficult to build specifically nowadays. How would you go about earning and building your team's trust? Because without this component, you cannot be a good, solid leader. Impossible. Yeah, um, I spoke with Kat Cole, one of my favorite guests, uh, about this specifically. And Kat, what her role was, was uh, she started as a Hooters waitress when she was 18, and she progressed all the way up to become now the the, the president of Focus Brands. But as she was making her way kind of up that corporate ladder that uh, Hooters asked her to fly all over the world to open new restaurants. And so she would be thrust into these new environments, sometimes where the people did not even speak English. And the only way to, to open a restaurant and to lead that um, mission would be to develop trust quickly. And so her method that I, I like to use is that she would lead with, with vulnerability and openness. So she would share stories about herself or maybe some of her fears or some of her mistakes and also some of her success. So her team could feel that Kat was a real person. She had some fears. She had she made some mistakes. She learned for them. She had some success. And they felt that their leader was more vulnerable, was more open, uh, was there to help them. And that developed trust quickly for her as she traveled the world opening up restaurants restaurants on, on multiple continents. And, and I, I like that example because I think it can help all of us that – you don't just because you were named the leader or named the manager or named the boss that you have to be this all knowing creature. I mean, that's not how it works. You, we're, we're in this profession and, and in this mission to, to, to learn and to grow. And so uh, using using a, a method of being vulnerable and open and leading with trust, I think, goes a long way. And, and Kat Cole is somebody who's really helped me helped me do that. So it's OK if someone comes to you and says, I got a question and you turn around and you say, I don't have the answer for that, but I will do my best to look it up and get back to you with that answer. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think you have to, if you don't know, I mean, I, we've probably all worked for a boss at times who feels like they always have to have the answer, even if it's not necessarily, uh, ac accurate or, Absolutely. or correct. I mean, it's much worse that that's, that's the quickest way to, not develop trust is if you feel like you always have to have the answers. Um, it's, it's really to, to talk things out. And, uh, and if you don't know, then just say it. And, and then you, you both work towards, towards getting that answer. Now the flip side to that, I also believe that there are times where you want to answer that 
question as honestly as possible, yet you're afraid to hurt that person's feelings. You're afraid to give them that truthful answer because you might throw them off, break down their leadership, especially if it's some a leader, another leader in your team that's leading a sub, you know, a sub team. So it, it do you agree with me that at times you as a leader have to kind of swallow the pill and just be as honest with your, you know, with your people and say, hey, this is the way it is. You know, no bullshit around. This is it. This is the way it goes. I spoke with uh, Kim Malone Scott uh, on my show and, and she was she wrote a book called Radical Candor. It's a fantastic book and she was a, a great person to speak with. She worked with with Sheryl Sandberg who most people know from from her books and being the COO at, at Facebook now. And, and she worked with Cheryl at Google before she went to Facebook. And um, Kim told this great story about uh, when Kim was was presenting to the leaders at, at Google, um, Sergey and Larry. And so she so she she gave this presentation and she thought she killed it. And and uh, Cheryl took her back and said, hey, do you think how do you think it went? And Kim said, oh, I killed it. It was great. And, and Cheryl said, um, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Do you, do you think maybe we could hire you a speech coach? She's like, what are you talking about? Why would I need a speech coach? I just, I just blew them away. I was great. And she said, no, I think we do. I think we need to do that. And she, and Kim again was confused and said, what are you talking about? And then Cheryl finally the third time said, Kim, you said, um, every third word and it makes you sound really stupid. <laughs> and that, that, that had a, a profound uh, influence on, on Kim and Cheryl did the right thing though. She knew that was the only way Kim would listen was that she had to be that blunt. And so she was, she had enough emotional intelligence to understand that that's how she needed to coach that particular person. She wouldn't necessarily be that blunt, but I think the radical candor is very important because you, you, you have to tell the truth at all times to, to your people and you owe it to them. Feedback is absolutely, absolutely. a gift. You have, you, you owe it to them. And, and, and there's, there's more stories that Kim talked about as far as how Steve jobs did that. And, 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 uh, and Johnny Ive, you know, their, their, their lead designer, uh, got upset with Steve cause Steve was hard on his design team. And, and Steve said, Johnny, how, how could you let your people present that to me? And Johnny said, well, I didn't, I, Steve, you got to be careful. I don't want to hurt their feelings. And, and Steve said to Johnny, you are so vain. You are not a good leader. You are, you're so worried about your people liking you when you owe them the truth. You must tell them the truth. Don't try to, to, to coddle them. That's not being a good leader. That's, that's you thinking of yourself and your own ego first, because you want them to like you and that's wrong. And I mean, there's just some powerful stories about leaders who, if they're scared to tell the truth, that's, that can lead to really poor work, bad relationships, lack of trust. So, uh, I, I think you owe it to the people you work with to be very honest with them at all times. And hopefully the culture is built up that it allows that type of conversation to happen. And I realize it's not always the case, but, but I, I hope for the sake of people listening that the place where they work, it is that way. So from a leader's perspective, one of the most important things that I believe in is that you have to share the vision. You have to share the vision with your team and you have to, more importantly, you have to learn how to communicate that because in my experience, and I'll tell you straight up, I mean, it's very difficult to communicate your vision with every team the same way. Some people are going to learn and absorb 
your dissemination of information much easier than others while you might have a more difficult time with other individuals. So the question that I pose to you is, how would you go about disseminating your vision and aligning your team with your vision? In other words, getting them in the same playing field and getting them to support your vision. To me, that is the difference between an excellent leader and a not so good leader. Because the bottom line, when everything is said and done, if you have a team that's going to support you and knows what your vision is and is paired up with your vision, you're going to have a great team no matter what. And you're going to stand out as a leader. I think it, it's uh, obviously you lay it out initially, but then um, I've, I've seen leaders that will uh, go over their vision at the beginning of every single meeting that they always have so that people are never in doubt for the, 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 the path that you're on, what you're striving to do. Some even say that's being relentlessly boring because you're constantly – uh, going over your vision at the beginning of every single meeting. And I've worked at places like that. And I think it actually, um, it, it has this kind of subconscious effect on you that it, it, you, you know, for a fact, this is our goal. This is our mission. This is what we're going to do. So I've found that to be effective if you're willing to lay it out initially and then consistently be repetitive with making sure everyone is crystal clear on that message uh, every time you speak, uh, my dad has always told me that your, your, your debt, your job as the leader is to be vividly clear in your messaging, vividly clear so that people know not only what the vision is, but exactly how they help make that vision a reality, specifically what they're supposed to do. So it's good to have these broad statements, but it's much better to get even more practical, uh, at a level to say, this is exactly how we're going to do it. This is how you Rafa are going to help make this happen where we lay it out to be that vividly clear with the vision. So there's like different styles of managing different styles of leaders, but what's your take on micromanaging? And you know, this has a bad name and, uh, I'm not a big believer in it, but I'm just curious what your take on it is. Well, I, I, I guess just it's pretty broad, but I, I, I would say um, I lean towards of the scale of being more of an empowering leader. So sharing the vision, sharing what you want to do, uh, giving vividly clear messaging, but then being open to new and innovative ways to potentially solve those problems or get things done. So uh, I, I'm always open and searching and, and solving or looking to solve problems in new and better ways. So I've, I've had teams of, of people, as many as 20, 20 plus people. And a few, a few of the people have uh, skill skill sets. Let's, let's give an example. Like maybe they're, they're, they're better accountants than I am, or they're better with Microsoft Excel than I am. So they can help us build tools to better track how we're uh, progressing. Maybe that's just a small example, but you know what I mean? So I think it's a, it's, it's really about empowering your people to bring new solutions to the table. And if, you know, it, it, it proves to be the right way to go about solving the problem that you implement it. It's one thing to, you, you got to ask them first, uh, for, to, to be collaborative. And if it, if it works out to be the, the best option, then, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And I think once they see that, then they realize, Hey, if, if I find a better way to do this, he, Ryan's going to implement it and we're going to do it. And they're going to feel some ownership in that. And that's ultimately what you want. Absolutely. And, uh, I agree hundred percent. When someone brings a problem, I'm expecting them to come here to me 
with a solution also. So you could bring me the problem, but bring me your solution. If we both can agree with it or the team can agree with it, we'll use that. Uh, you know, the mindset of just bringing problems to your leader without any solutions, I, in my opinion, um, that just that flow between you and your team is not where it needs to be. Your vision was not transmitted properly. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's it's ideal if you if you're you're down that path to to finding some sort of solution for the problem. That is all. It doesn't always work perfectly that way, but it, it certainly is ideal if you can. Absolutely. Do you notice any change between, say, the work field now, the business world, the 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 mental aspect, the leadership aspect, from now, and then you re- retrace it back to a decade, so ten years give that gap do you notice a change um i i don't know i'm just at i'm in a different point in my personal career i i mean i notice uh, i think maybe 10 years ago the vision of a leader was this tall white guy that stood up and was bombastic and loud and charismatic and all these things and i think what i've learned is that some of the greatest leaders have a much more diverse background. I think some of the greatest leaders in the world are, are women. Um, I think some of the greatest leaders in the world are introverted, uh, with not a lot of charisma, uh, science backs some of that up as well. And from my personal experience, I've seen that. I don't think I would have thought this 10 years ago. And I think that's shifting for the better. I mean, Warren Buffett said, the reason that he he feels good about the future of our country is the fact that we weren't utilizing 50% of our, our, our people the right way. And that, and he meant by what he meant by that is we weren't putting enough women in leadership roles. And, and I absolutely agree, um, uh, on that, both at a personal level and then from the studying and the people that I talk to and seeing the empirical data and the research behind all of that. So I, I would say that's probably the, the biggest difference that I've seen over the last 10 years when it comes to leadership. Excellent. What's your opinion on leading from the front? Well, I think it's, you know, it's hard to, to ask your people that the people that you serve to, to do something that you're not willing to do. I mean, that, that quite frankly, um, is a quick way to lose respect. If for example, there's a big meeting and, uh, or, or some event and, uh, you tell your people that they need to fly across the country to go to it, but you're not able to go cause you have another, you know, a, a something, a family thing or something. I mean, they have families too. So I, I think uh, leading from the front is you, you just, I, I can't, I couldn't live with myself if I was asking people that I serve to do something that I, I myself wasn't willing to do. Very good. Very good. Where do you see yourself going now? I mean, how, I mean, at this point in your podcast, and, and I mean, is it something that you want to continue interviewing these great leaders? Definitely. It's my favorite thing uh, in the world to do other than spend time with my family. So when I, when I map out my perfect day and my best day ever, that it's a great exercise to do. I mean, I would, I would absolutely spend an hour of, the, of, of that day um, speaking with and learning directly from an incredible, thoughtful, um, influential leader. And then knowing that I'm going to, I'm going to put that out as, as something for others to learn from as well. So I, I am going to continue to do it for as long as, as possible. Um, and, and hopefully, uh, it's, it's amazing. The opportunities, the doors it's open for speaking engagement, consulting, 
um, friendships, relationships. Uh, it's, it's opened up doors all over the world. And, and that's something that I wasn't, you and I talked about that, but that, that's something that I, I, I guess I wasn't anticipating. Um, and it's, it's one of the, the greatest parts about it. What advice can you give our listeners that want to hone themselves to become leaders, to implement leadership tactics into their lives? Yeah, I think we're really good at um, a lot of people that listen to podcasts uh, are are dedicated learners. And so we're, we're good at taking notes. We're good at reading books. We're good at going to conferences. We're good at listening to podcasts. But but we, we're not always great at implementing and ex- executing on on what we've learned. And so I think it, it behooves us to create rituals and routines and systems to actually implement what we've learned. So something as simple as Let's say you learned about um, how to uh, get a better start to your day. So one, one of the things we could do is, is create a systematic morning routine, a set time to wake up and set uh, guidelines of activities to do to, to better start your day. For example, get up, um, you know, hydrate, drink, drink water, stretch. Uh, perhaps you meditate using something like headspace guided meditation, maybe write in a journal like the five minute journal to talk about what you're what you're grateful for and some of your goals for the day and then move your body in some way, shape or form so that you you lift weights, run, work out in some way. Um, and then I'm a big believer in having breakfast with your family if you can and and then and then getting your day going as opposed to kind of rolling out of bed and 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 being sleepy and walking to the breakfast table with your family. I think you you can you could your day is set up to be much more successful when you put together some sort of a plan or a routine or a ritual. And I think that's just one example. There's, there's many others, but that's something it's, it's really taking what you've learned and finding a way to implement it and then actually do it and track it. Um, if you, if you don't measure it, it's, it's hard to manage it. So I think it's, it's, it behooves all of us as leaders to be really good when it comes to measuring and tracking the behaviors that we think could help us. So what are the key characteristics that you look for in a leader? I first, um, I want somebody or I look for somebody who is a dedicated learner. I think um, a a natural curiosity, someone who is uh, ask uh, thoughtful questions is something I I really look for in a a leader. So someone who's just dedicated that um, to that. I, I also think it's important for, for people who are, I've said this word before, but I, I mean it, it who, are, who are quite thoughtful about what they do. You can actually see them think and they build in time every day to think, to read, to improve. I think leaders need that because you find now you talk to a lot of leaders, they are, their, their schedules are back to back to back to back to back every day and they don't have any time to think and they never have any time to innovate and they don't have time to improve. They're just meeting to meeting to meeting. So I think building in time to be, to be thoughtful. Um, I, I guess a few of the others that, that I would, uh, look for is, um, someone who has courage in their decision-making. And so what I mean by courage is perhaps you're like Gary Ridge, the CEO of WD 40, who's gotten a lot of pressure over the years to manage cost, And he's never, uh, severanced or, or laid off a single person. It's a single product company in 18 years, and that takes a lot of courage to stand up to that outside pressure and find other ways to answer to that pressure as opposed to laying people off. And then 
ultimately, I want somebody who's quite humble. I think being a being a good leader is is not. Again, I told you what I thought the difference is between ten years ago and now. I I'm I really look up to leaders who have a, who have a great sense of humility about themselves and don't feel like they've got it all figured out. And as JJ Reddick told me that you've never arrived, you're always becoming. I think that's a good mindset to have when you're uh, leading and serving others. That's a great line. That's a great line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ryan, how can people reach you for speaking engagements, your podcast? Mm -hmm. Let us know. Uh, okay. A couple ways. I'd just say um, Twitter is RyanHawk12, so RyanHawk12. And my website's learningleader.com. Um, you can you can do it all there as well. So either RyanHawk12 on Twitter or Instagram or uh, learningleader.com. Are you uh, planning to write a book in the future? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't really necessarily like to talk about things I'm going to do. I like to, like to talk about things that I've done, but uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say because with over 200 podcast shows that you have, you must have a ton of information, a ton of notes from these great leaders. Uh-huh. That would be a book that yeah, I would Yeah, we buy. got about a million words <laughs> worth of um, transcripts and things I've learned. So it's it's really about taking the best of the best from some of that and then mixing it with some other things. But yeah, I, I think it could be a, a great great resource for people. Hey, Ryan, some good stuff yeah. for sure. It was uh, great to have you on. Certainly talked about some great topics, got some great insights from you. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the show soon. Awesome. Thanks, Rafa. I appreciate it, man. All right, brother. Stay safe. Well, there you have it. A great show with some super information that we can implement into our lives right now, today. Remember, gentlemen, it's all about implementation and making things happen. It's all about action. So make sure that everything you're learning from here, it's great that you listen to the show, but it's not worth anything until you start taking actionable steps, until you start moving forward with what you have learned here. Remember, it's all about forging you into a modern-day warrior. Before we go, Man of War podcast. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. That's Man of War podcast. Look us up, subscribe to us, and follow us so you can get the latest information. Also, forgingawarrior.com is our online warrior development program. Check it out. That's forgingawarrior.com. Now, last but not least, if you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and give us a review and share it with other warrior-minded men. Super important. Until next time, remember, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory. <laughs>